You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, when when they get everything cleared, they bring porta potties onto the right away. So there's oh, always no. there's no 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 no. Listen, you never plug a porta potty. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook. Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty and Ty, what is the best part of being at home? Going to the bathroom in your own toilet. <laughs> Hands down, it was the best one I've had in six, seven days. Oh, man, you're always on the road. That's the worst thing as a guy. Well, you would think that I would get used to the hotel room bathroom, but I think the problem is my absolute joke of a diet that i have when i work on the road <laughs> you know what i'm usually actually okay with uh the hotel it's uh, it's you know the public ones that i can't do well with oh see but uh when when they get everything cleared they bring porta potties onto the right away so there's oh, always no. there's no 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 listen you never plug a porta potty <laughs> Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Okay, let's go through uh, these games from week four. What I thought I knew, I now don't know. Uh, what an insane week, I thought. The Tiger Cats fall to the Rough Riders 18-13, and I guess the play we have to feature is Charleston Hughes, and I guess is that an interception return for a touchdown? Here it is. Four receivers to the far side of the field, Whitlock in the block. Here comes Charleston Hughes, and the ball intercepted. Hughes has got it, and a race to the end zone, and he's going to win it. Charleston Hughes, touchdown. Well, if you just looked at everything but the score on the box score, you would think that the Tiger Cats absolutely smashed the Riders, but that was not the case. <laughs> no, it it wasn't the prettiest football game I've ever seen. Um, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. It was it was entertaining, but it wasn't good football. I, if you can, like, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Um, like a team to have that much possession. There's the only score thirteen points. Uh, just it, that doesn't add up. Really, um, I didn't think that either offense looked particularly good. Sure, Mazzoli had his ninth straight three hundred yard passing game, but it just seemed like both offenses were stagnant once they crossed into in the other team's half. And uh, I guess the Riders kind of evened it up in the fourth quarter, but uh, time of possession was in Hamilton's way. They had 418 yards of net offense. The Riders had 275, <laughs> but somehow they were able to make it work. Usually I'm not a fan of the bend but don't break defense, but that's kind of what the Riders pulled off in this one. Yeah, I think Richie Hall kind of ruined that for us. 
yeah. when he was when he was in Regina. Uh, it, he only gave up 13 points, and you know, uh, with with Harlow going four for five on field goals, he also got a rouge. Let's not forget the rouge. Um, that, that's a win uh, for the amount of time that Hamilton had the ball for for your defense to make the stops that they did is pretty impressive. And you know what? It, it seemed like at time. Well, let's face it: the, the Tiger Cats were able to move the ball. They were able to find soft spots in the zone. But once they got in there, they just couldn't. They couldn't really finish at all. The Riders, yeah, the best running defense in the league. And on the first drive of the game, it looked like, oh my, the Tiger Cats are going to be able to run on this team. They were giving it to Nikita Whitlock. He had three carries for 18 yards, and then they kind of got away from that. The rest of that, Mercer Timmis, seven carries for nine. John White, two for nine. So they got away from Whitlock. They did have some success on the first uh, drive of the game, but after that, it was all downhill for the Tiger Cat running game. And that made them really one-dimensional. Well, and Jeremiah Masoli was was the game's leading rusher with 60 yards yeah. on five carries. <laughs> like neither team really ran the ball well, uh, and when you can't when you, when you can't run the ball well, it's really hard to get your offense in a good rhythm. And we saw that there's a night you know there's only 31 points scored, so it kind of reflects what was happening with those defenses. Saunders, Banks, and Tasker continue to be the target monsters in Hamilton. They all had double digits. Saunders had five catches on 10 targets. Banks had seven catches on 11 targets. And Tasker had four catches on 10 targets. So <laughs> it was a lot uh, of targets for those guys. Tolliver, was uh, he had 70 yards on three catches as well. So it's not like he didn't get anything done. And both of these teams are on by now. The the rematch, I guess you can call it, is going to be at Tim Hortons Field. I imagine that game is going to be a lot different. Hey, it, maybe the Riders have their starting quarterback and Zach Caleros back for that one. I don't know if they will at all, but I think they kind of need him. Judging by how Chris Jones managed the quarterbacks in this game... Was did, just... did he manage them or did he mismanage them? <laughs> well, you know what? Bridge, had, he was 11 of 13 for 101. Mm-hmm. If if you average that out over an entire game... If he actually if he actually gets a fair shake... Is that the strategy to keep him mad? You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Jones has a strategy. I think his head is so far up as you know what that he doesn't know what's going on. David Watford kind of reminds me of the way the Tiger Cats used Mazzoli when he first got into the league. I mm-hmm. I wondered if Mazzoli was ever going to get to this point because every time he came in, it was like a rugby game broke out. And sure, when Watford can run, he can go. He had seven carries for 50 yards, and a lot of them, yeah, were design runs with him. So they were able to make that work, but teams are going to get film on that they're going to figure that out pretty pretty fast that every time mm-hmm. Watford comes into the game they're going to be running the ball well yeah and you can go man you can go man coverage and load the box right and you can shut that down and all of a sudden it, it becomes a moot point for him to enter the game and if you can stop that then there's not going to be much else that offense is going to be able to do with him uh, behind center yeah I don't think Brandon Bridge is a starting quarterback in the CFL right now but Treating him this way, that can't help matters. No, if you're not going to let him work through things and, you know, 
handling with kick gloves, what 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 adjustments is he going to learn to make? Other than you know, so you can sit there and watch film, but until you get to make the mistake and go out there and correct it, you're, you're learning nothing. It, I, I don't get if you're going to start bridge, start him. It's not like you were down thirty points and you had to make a change. Like I, I don't get this QB strategy in Saskatchewan. It makes zero sense to me. But hey, they started six O linemen this week, so there is room. There is improvement. <laughs> and they also dress three running backs. Marcus Thigpen cost $4,000 on uh, TSN CFL Fantasy. He had five carries for 48 yards and a touchdown. He also had four catches for 47 yards. I 19 and a half points. Yeah, it was a nice week. I, I don't get the three running back thing. Thigpen and Mason are kind of similar. And Mason hasn't looked the best so far this season but Messam in there he's a completely different running back than Thigpen so I get the Messam and Thigpen combination but the way they were used was also quite bizarre as well there's a second and two play Mm -hmm. where I thought Messam should have been in there and then there was a a run option where I thought Thigpen should have been in there but no the, the complete opposite running backs were used in that situation not exactly putting them in places where they can succeed. So I don't know if I honestly don't know. That's probably Jones's call. While McAdoo sits up in the booth and just has to deal with what he's given. And if that's the case, then I feel sorry for Stephen McAdoo. Well, if he's calling those plays with <laughs> the guys that are out there, then I don't feel sorry for him. <laughs> but at the same. It, Sometimes a, a down and distance calls for a like you have plays for each situation, and if if Chris Jones isn't going to put the guys out there that you need, then yeah. you're kind of you're kind of handcuffed in that way because you know now now what do you do? So you try to make the same play call and hopefully it works out. I I don't know. Like Chris Jones just is not putting players in positions right now where they have a chance for success. It seems like Bridge 101 yards. He only had two two incomplete passes. Uh, was able to kick, was able to rush the ball a little bit. Lost that fumble in the goal line. He's trying to make a play. He makes that play. He probably doesn't get pulled if he gets that touchdown. He, he now he's now he's trying so much harder. Not saying he wasn't trying before, but now now he knows that Chris Jones has pretty much zero faith in him or Watford at this point, and that if he doesn't make something happen quick, he, he's getting the yank. I kind of think that he was going to get pulled anyway. I, I don't. I don't know if he was pulling quarterbacks too, you know, b- because of mistakes. I think he was just pulling them to keep Hamilton off balance. Maybe, but I, if that's if that's what he's doing, he's a complete <laughs> idiot. I don't agree with that strategy either. No, uh, like, don't I, get I, me wrong. <laughs> I get it. I get it. They won. They beat one of the best teams this year so far. The, their offense has been lights out. Defense has been really good. You're not going to win in this league doing this consistently. It's not going to happen. And they said on the TSM panel, he's too stubborn to change now. And he's not going to change unless Bridge comes out and, you know, absolutely lights it up. And then Watford comes in and does nothing. 
and then maybe he finally figures out maybe I should just stick with one guy. But I, I think until Kalaros is healthy and comes back, this is what we're going to see. I do have to give a shout-out to Josh Stanford because that last drive of the game, and this mm-hmm. is why I don't think there was any rhyme or reason to the quarterbacks here because it was David Wofford completes a 29-yard pass to Stanford and then Bridges back out. And they, they throw a screen to Jordan Williams-Lambert. It was his first catch of the game, like two minutes left in the fourth. Stanford looked like he didn't know where he was. He looked lost, so he, mm-hmm. he couldn't block Lambert. And then the next play, they give it to Thigpen. Stanford makes an all-star block, sets Thigpen free, and he gets the 34-yard touchdown to close the game. So Stanford is all over the place on that last drive, but two big plays to help the, get that winning score. Oh, for sure, and maybe maybe the the defense being a little off balance, not knowing which or that because of the two different styles of the quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, they, they can both run, uh, but I mean, it just seems Bridge has not really taken off as much as you would as he he has in the past. Watford's maybe doing that a little more. Um, maybe that keeps the defense off balance, but that last yeah, Stanford on that last drive was just something else. I do need to, I guess we do need to talk about the rider defense here. I think Mm -hmm. so far this season, Chris Jones, the GM, has let down Chris Jones, the coach. But in this one, Chris Jones, the coach, has really (laughs) hidden the, I don't know, of Chris Jones. (laughs) The warts? (laughs) Of Chris Jones, the GM. And... Oh, man, that defense. You have to talk about Toby Antigua. On the game that, or on the play that uh, Charleston Hughes had that return for a touchdown. The, Antigua, the, fumble, the fumble sack? Yeah, whatever yeah. The, whatever that was. It, was. it was a fumble sack. That was worth nine points. Wow. <laughs> yeah, if you had the rider defense, you're happy. I, I, oh, I, I figured, no, this is not a good week to take them, but it definitely was. So Antigua lined up at halfback and just absolutely nailed Mazzoli. And then he had an interception later in the game where he was lined up at safety. Look, <laughs> the stuff that Jones was throwing at the Tiger Cats was really something else. And I really liked what the Riders did when they had uh, Javon Johnson at safety. I thought it looked good. He mm-hmm. was giving a lot of support to Deron Carter. They were moving Carter around, uh, eat him around. Carter had a, a lot better game, but he, he seems to succeed more in in zone than in uh, man-to-man for sure. If... Oh, if absolutely. He was, if he was playing man to man with Brandon Banks, we'd probably see a bit of a different game. We we see a repeat of the last two weeks. Yeah, Jones had him on Tolliver uh, a lot, which mm. makes sense because they're similar size guys, and, and also on the field side. So he's got a little yeah. more. T- he's got yeah. more time. He's got way more time. And you know, it, that being said, if it wasn't for two huge drops by Tolliver, he could have made Carter look a lot worse. Well, Carter almost had that sick one-handed interception, too. Yeah, that, that would have been unreal. But, I mean, Tol- Tolliver dropped one in the end zone and then dropped another 30-yard catch. I mean, those two, you, do, you do that, and it's a whole different football game at that point. But, I mean, with Carter on Tolliver, it's not like Tolliver can go up over him and get a ball. 
if if it is a, if I don't think I think that takes a fifty fifty ball out of it for Mazzoli going to Tolliver uh, because of the size matchup. At the same time, there was chances for Tolliver against Carter, but he wasn't as exploited as he was as he usually is in man to man. And I thought uh, the Riders they limited their pen penalties, but there were times when they would take penalties that would just crush any sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, momentum they they had, especially on defense. You'd think they had Hamilton pinned deep in their end, and then they would take a penalty. But sometimes it was just how good Hamilton was. Ed Ganey had a great game covering Brandon Banks. I know Banks had a uh, 100-yard game, but when you keep him out of the end zone, I think that's a success. And you hold him to negative eight return yards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they pushed him backwards for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he, eighteen points is a game's leading receiver, but I mean, yeah, if you keep him, like you said, if you keep him out of the end zone, you take that any day of the week. Let's go to Friday night football. It's Ottawa and Montreal. The player this one had to be Brad Sinopoli. Hurry, hurry, sir! Harris looking left as his man, and Brad Sinopoli's going to score. First touchdown of 2018. I'm pleased to say that I had him on my fantasy team. 11 catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. (laughs) Actually, I'm pleased with my entire... This is probably my best TSN fantasy week in history. What's the perfect score you could have gotten? The perfect score for this week would have been... I believe it was 161.2. Okay, I had 142.6... Uh, I had a nice week. The combo of Trevor Harris and Brad Sinopoli really made things look good for my team. <laughs> and S- Sinopoli came thirty one point eight. Yeah, it was thirteenth in Canada on the week. I had one hundred forty two point six, and the first person had a one fifty two point two. So I had a I had a heck of a week. But there is something to this that Brad Sinopoli just lights up the Alouettes. Yeah, he he went way over. His average against the Alouettes, uh, but I mean it's a career game, uh, you know. And the leading receiver, eleven catches, one hundred and forty-eight yards. It, 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 it's just one of those games where everything was clicking between him and Trevor Harris, and it was it was a, it was fun to watch. And you know what? I still don't think the Alouette defense is horrible. It's just that they're on the field constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that takes that that takes you right out of a game when you're. When, you're on the field for 25 minutes or 20 minutes in the first half. You can go in and take your rest for halftime, but you come back out and you're right back on the field again. It it wears you down, and at the end of the game, it's, it's really hard to get anything done. Uh, granted, the offense was able to score points late to make the score a little more respectable than yeah. it was, but I feel sorry for those guys on defense. Oh, man, you got to be in good cardio to play defense for the Owls. I, I can barely make it up the four flights of stairs to my condo. they they were able to limit the red blacks receivers for the most part Uh, noel thomas had six for 56 they shut down ellingson five for 49 and deontay spencer only had three for 29 so uh, i mean they didn't shut down sinopoli obviously but harris had three touchdowns 342 yards powell had 23 for 138 six yards per carry i'm beginning to wonder if it's impossible to shut him down because calgary couldn't either no, and he even told the fans behind the bench that night that they can't stop me. 
<laughs> and we've seen that on CFL Wired. It's on every promo. Uh, 13.8 points, like I said, 138 yards and 23 carries. The guy just keeps getting it done week in, week out. And when he's healthy, he might be the best back in the CFL. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he does stay healthy for the rest of the year. I'd like to see what kind of yards he puts up on the year. As for Montreal, I don't think Jeff Matthews was horrible. 18 of 30, 280 yards. He threw some nice balls. And he fought, he through, fought through what looked like a wrist or hand injury all game. Yeah, he, he got hammered a few times. If mm-hmm. they played a better defensive line, I think he would have been hit actually a lot more. The Red Blacks D-line, I thought, wasn't able to do all that much in this game. When they got to him, they got to him, and they hurt him. And Matthews would have had more yards if Eugene Lewis, I think it was Lewis, didn't trip over Mm the 25-yard line. Oh, man. The turf monster (laughs) come up and got him, eh? I'm watching that, and I'm just saying to myself, you know, I bet on Ottawa this is really going to suck. And then he fell, and I was like, okay, everything is right with the world. This is Montreal. Who had Chris Harper on their fantasy team? I hope nobody. <laughs> because If you had Chris Harper, you made terrible life decisions with the rest of your lineup. <laughs> or maybe, it, well, maybe not the rest of your lineup. Maybe you made really good decisions. You only had 2500 bucks left. Why would you take Chris Harper? The only reason, you can't possibly think he was going to get into this game. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris hey. Williams gets hurt and he comes in four catches, 27 yards and a touchdown. What did you say to me if I told you JC Bolio was going to get a, a touchdown for Ottawa? <laughs> I was going to drive to Red Deer and kick you in the... <laughs> There's a lot of Elks on this show today. Yeah, there is, man. Harper probably wouldn't have been able to get into the game if Williams didn't get hurt. Uh-huh. And I will say this. He only had the one catch for 33 yards because... He was gone after that. Um, Williams, has they found a way to use him more than BC ever did all of last year, and that kind of took a lot away from the Owls, I think, the rest of the game. Because B.J. Cunningham, he did have six catches for 68 yards, but who is invisible so far this season? Ernest Jackson. He is having an absolutely putrid start to the year for the Owls. Yeah, it hasn't been great. He has eight <laughs> catches for 114 yards on the season. And they have played four games. Yeah, he's not playing well at all. No, uh, it's kind of one of those things where he kind he might just want to go and hide. Some of them are easy drops, too. It's not like, <laughs> he's, not like he's not getting thrown to. No, he's got chances. He's just, he. I don't want to say it, but it starts with a Y. He might have a little bit of the yips. <laughs> like Chuck Knobloch couldn't throw to second base or couldn't throw to first base. England can't seem to score on penalty kicks except for last weekend. <laughs> like some guy, some he's just going through. It's like shanking your drive every time for four or five holes, and then all of a sudden something clicks and you, you figure it out. There's still the season's early. There's still time for him to turn this around but he's digging himself quite the hole and with the offense what it is right now him not producing is is noticeable um we're gonna have to watch stefan logan late in the game Mm -hmm. he had uh looks like a pretty bad foot injury so we'll see if he can get back for the alouettes because he's been a long time al i believe i heard the trainer say to mike sherman high ankle 
because Sherman had the live uh, mic on. And then they were walking over. Mike Sherman walked over, and I believe I heard high ankle, and then TSN cut the mic. That's almost worked than a, worse than a broken foot. It, it, he, it, he could come back, but he's going to do – he'll sprain it again. Right. It, it takes so long to recover from that. 28-18, the Red Blacks beat the Alouettes. It was one of those lopsided games where the right team actually won. There were a few of those lopsided games where uh, the right team didn't win. I would say that this is one of them. <laughs> the Argos get by the Eskimos 20-17. to We have to play a clip from the losing team. Riley end zone. Jump ball. Argos win that toss. And Ronnie Yell has the interception in the end zone. That turf in the end zone causing Darrell Walker <laughs> to fall on that play. I can't say if it would have been a touchdown or not, but they have to fix that at BMO. Yeah, I don't like the idea of it going from grass to turf because really a lot of guys, like you'll see it in the NFL, they'll have different shoes for grass and different shoes for turf. Because it, yeah. it is two different services. So when you're switching and you go to make a cut that on grass is not a problem to make, and you go to make that same cut on some rubber pellets, it's really hard to stick and go or make like stick your foot in and make that turn to catch the ball. And we saw that on that play. And it, you know, it. I I, I think it's bush league to have two different services. Like if you can put turf there, just put in grass. A lot of players were tweeting about this greg ellingson says the toronto turf monster strikes again it's changing games now um it's not like it helps the defense either uh they they did make the point on the panel that they don't practice on it as well but you seem to think that the argos are under the same ownership banner that they should be fixing this in the next little while no i would i would hope so um you know i i think it's something needs to be addressed there's no reason to have two different services uh that being said they they got a bigger issue with trying to get fans in seats before they worry about trying to dig up an end zone uh that that that's not going to happen this year it'll have to have to be an off season thing and then it becomes an issue of of whether or not the logistics will work uh but they were saying on the radio that game day experience right now is the top priority for the new ownership group trying to get butts in the seats and trying to make the atmosphere as much fun as possible and i don't know if you could hear it on tv but i heard, i sure heard it on the radio that horn can just that guy needs to go i need <laughs> to give props i need to give props to the people with the horn no it, it because i don't, it's, I don't care what you say it's illegal I don't care. That was impressive. The fact that you can do that when the Argos are on defense for four quarters impresses me. I would give up. I would get tired <laughs> doing that damn horn all game. I, I think the guy using it probably needs to try decaf. He, but he, doesn't, I have, he doesn't even have to blow into it. He just cranks it. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's 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 illegal in the CFL bylaws to have that. Is it not? I don't think it's illegal, but it certainly doesn't I don't, bug. <laughs> I don't think you can have. I don't think you can have a mechanical noisemaker. By the end of the game, I was laughing. I'm oh, like, I, I had to turn it off on the radio. I couldn't handle it. I'm like, this is incredible. I, like, I, I was oh. honestly blown away. 
I, I had to turn it off on the radio, and then I would just check on the score app as to what was happening. Like I can't take this anymore. It was. I'm trying to listen to Dave and Morley, and all here's the whole time. Anyways, oh, that guy was something else. I, I, I am not not sad at all. I, I just started laughing at it because I am the king of like annoying my wife. I need one are. of those horns. We both. I are. need. Yeah, you and Oyer too. <laughs> I, I need one of those. I need one of those horns. You know what you should do? We have a wedding in two weeks. Bring a horn. I think you need to bring a horn. I think you need to ruin oh. the whole thing. I like that idea. Does anybody object to this? <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, you'll be standing up there. You're in the wedding party. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> Might that be makes a little hard. Awkward. Actually, I feel like you would do it in the middle of my best man speech. <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. <laughs> Argos win this one 20 to 17. But, man, they only made the plays when they had to. They only scored points in the first and the fourth quarter. So, in the first quarter, they looked like champions. That first drive of the game. They just drove down the field. Franklin made a nice throw to Levi Noel. Uh, Wilder was moving the ball. He had 21 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown in this one. And and then the very next drive, the Eskimos take it and fumble the ball. Toronto took advantage of that as well. And before you knew it, it was, what, a 12 nothing lead. That missed kick by Sean White in the first quarter looks big now. Now that uh, the game ended up only being 20-17 uh, to 17 here. But, man, uh, the Eskimos, it, sometimes it's not about the amount of penalties you take. It is about... The timing of them as well. Mm-hmm. We played the clip from Darrell Walker falling in the end zone, but two plays before that, C.J. Gable had a touchdown run, called back to holding. So if that doesn't happen, then the Darrell Walker falling in the end zone doesn't happen either, and we're not even talking about it. And Edmonton probably wins this football game. Yeah. Right? Mark Tressman, after a bye week in the CFL, is now 9-4. and four. And in his wins, he outscores opponents by 16 and a half points. And I guess he's undefeated with the Argos after a bye week. Yes. He's now 4-0. and And this, these numbers include playoffs. So, like, an East final with Montreal that comes after a bye week. And they, he, when you give a guy two weeks to prepare, and, you know, I, it to, I totally blanked on it last week that Toronto was on a bye, and I took Edmonton. And I should have looked, even though it was James Franklin. He had two weeks with Tressman, bye week. Tressman wins after bye weeks. It's it's just something. It's just what he does. He's such a good coach, and uh, he's just so good with quarterbacks that you, you can't count him out. And another note on Eskimo penalties. Early in the game, Chris Edwards took a, a stupid penalty. Again. Which he, He's been taken nonstop with Edmonton. Now, I didn't hear from him the rest of the game. I'm not actually sure if he got benched or not, but, man, that guy's just not learning his lesson. And then Kenny Stafford has a big gain. He gets called for unsportsmanlike conduct. Now, I don't know if you saw this play, but I watched it 
over and over and over. And I'm like, what did he do? He must have dropped the ball right on the defender that caused the call because I don't think the guys in the booth knew what happened either because basically all he did was signal for a first down. And we see that every play in the CFL and they don't get flagged. But he must have dropped the ball on the defender. But it's stupid stuff like that that the Eskimos were doing in this one. And this one absolutely crushed them. But now there has to be some hope in Toronto um, with James Franklin at the helm. He had an okay game, 16 of 24 for 217, a touchdown and a pick. It was enough to win the game. And that, that's all that really matters. And I think, He Mike Riley'd Mike Riley. Yeah. And I, I think <laughs> after... After Ricky Ray gets hurt, selling tickets on the surface in Toronto mm-hmm. would probably be a bit tough. And they're like, well, I guess we're done for the year. Now now it's time for Franklin to get his notoriety up in that city. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, the, it's a young young kid. Well, I guess maybe not a kid. Kid's the wrong word, but... You know, well, he's younger be... than me, I think. <laughs> Everybody's younger than us, Travis, except for Ricky Ray. <laughs> um, you know, it's a new offense, a whole new system, new team for him. So there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. But, I mean, 16 to 24, it's still 67%, 217 yards. Sure, he threw a pick. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's going to take him a couple weeks. And I think uh, once he gets more familiar with his receivers and and gets more comfortable in the offense, that we could see – we could see a little bit of a turnaround, and you only need to win nine games in the in the East Division. Realistically, with nine games, you you might finish first. Um, so, I mean, if they can play 500 football the rest of the way, they'll, they'll be fine. And and James Franklin can do that. Riley did show up for the Eskies. He had 370 yards passing, 28 of 40, a touchdown and a pick there as well. And if you had Duke Williams in your lineup, you're happy again. Eight catches for 125 yards. This guy is on his way to a massive season. Yeah, 20 20 and a half points too. And for what he was worth, I mean, it's it's unreal, to be completely honest. Uh, But... His numbers right now this year, he's got 433 yards now. He's averaging 108.25 a game. Wow. Like, Riley just keeps throwing the ball. and he, Like, other than that first game where he had 11 targets and only caught four, uh, against Hamilton, seven targets for four. Uh, against BC, nine targets for six catches, and he had eight catches yesterday. Like, the guy's getting the job done. Um, I don't think Riley's missing Zilstra and Bowman all that much. And Kenny Stafford's been a revelation, too, in that receiving core. Oh, yeah. Like, he, they like to go deep to him. He did have another 50-yard completion. Um, It's almost been a revival to Stafford's career because over the last few years, he's done nothing. He, he, He did some stuff with Edmonton in 2015, but since then... It's kind of been a bit of a rough road for him. Now, I'm trying to think here. He was part of that Montreal team that had Deron Carter fighting with Rakeem Cato, wasn't he? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so he got let go out of that. And, I mean, good for him for sticking it in there. He's back with Edmonton, and they are really using him. Now, I heard Clay 
from the Argos fan cast. Uh, yes, part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. He was on the Eskimo Empire podcast talking about how the Argos, now that Devere Posey is gone, don't have a deep threat. And I think Levi Noel stepped into that spot very admirably. He had two catches for 81 yards. So I think he did okay. Yep, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can stretch the offense, or maybe not stretch the offense, if you're, if you're Armani Edwards and you're SJ Greens, and even Declan Cross, seven yards on two catches, uh, you know, but with that TD, you know, those under routes, those crossings, the slants, outs, stuff like that, you, you open up that deep route. And if you have a guy that can run that route, it, you, and you can, you can exploit that later on once you set it up a little more, that's it, a huge plus for an offense. Armani Edwards had some nice catches, 3 for 49, and SJ only goes 3 for 34. So, I mean, the Eskimos' defense didn't play horribly. It was just the Argos took advantage of their opportunities. Franklin mm-hmm. had that drive in the fourth quarter that finished off the Eskimos, and they took advantage of the fumble or yeah, early in the game to, to score there, and that was the difference in this one. So the Argos' receiving core has not got it done so far this season. SJ Green has not gotten going this season. So I think there are still some good things to come for the Argos. Well, for sure. And they still have James Wilder Jr. Uh, who puts up number. He he really turned it on this week. Uh, you know, finally had that game that might get him going, going this year. Uh, and if, if they can establish a run game somewhat, it's going to open up the rest of the receivers. And maybe we see better numbers uh, later on in this year. The last game of the week had the Blue Bombers smashing the BC Lions, and it was all about Adam Big Hill against his former team in this one. Second and six. That's a protection, but it's intercepted. It's Big Hill again. Encore Adam Big Hill, and this time, touchdown. Two interceptions, including that touchdown on the day for Adam Big Hill. The Bombers win 41-19. Before we get going, I will say here, 32 degrees in this game. I would rather a minus 7-day November over this garbage. I'll take take minus 30 over plus 30 any day of the week. Oh, man. Maybe that was the difference in this one because the Lions just looked tired. Oh, they did not. I got home, turned it on. I'm like, what is happening right now? They they missed their climate control. I think <laughs> that's what happens when you have when you have an, a, a stadium with no roof. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey guys, maybe drink a little water, eat a banana, and get back out there. Mind you, you don't want to eat bananas; they attract mosquitoes, and the mosquitoes are as big as birds in Manitoba. <laughs> And the Bombers had no socks on, so clearly they aren't beating, eating bananas, attracting mosquitoes. Oh, well, they'll probably get fined. Oh, no, I guess we we don't have orange anymore, so there won't be fines for improper uniform. I actually wondered <laughs> about that because it looked very NCAA, and that's one of the most annoying things I think about NCAA. <laughs> it's like, guys, yeah, put your socks on. But at the same time, I know it was 32 degrees, and they got the hey, win, so I can't hey, really blame them. Plus 32, I still wear pants because nobody wants to see these legs. <laughs> oh, man. Was it at Craven where you got sunburned like a lobster one time? Yep. Now my legs don't tan. Really? 
Yeah, I will find that picture and I will tweet it out because people need to see that. It's a great, it's a great public service announcement for sunscreen. You ruined your legs. Yep, they, my knees still turn purple when I shower because I get out and I'm cold. Oh man, that's called poor circulation. <laughs> I think it's called melanoma. <laughs> oh man! And so Matt Nichols comes back in this game. And you know what? He didn't have to do anything. Nope. <laughs> he did not. He, he went 16 of 29 for 162 and a touchdown, and that was enough. His return uh, helped Darvin Adams. He had three catches for 66 and a touchdown, but he had 10 targets. So uh, it could have been a, a lot bigger game for Darvin Adams. Uh, the next leading receiver was Weston Dressler with 35 yards. So it's not like the Bombers lit up the Lions through the air. It was uh, the defense making things happen for them. And you know what? Chris Strebler had two rushing touchdowns, five carries, and 33 yards. So if you put him in your lineup, you're not all that upset. <laughs> right, at 17.1 points compared to his starting quarterback's 10.5. Is he turning in? Is he? T- <laughs> I hate to say this. I really do. But is he turning in to the backup quarterback in Calgary? I don't know. The, not, like, not, not Nick Buckley Arbuckle, from, from last year? Is he turning into Buckley now? And he's going to be a TD vulture? He might be. Because as a guy that had Andrew Harris, I was happy with 12 carries for 109 and the touchdown. But I would have liked those other two uh, <laughs> rushing touchdowns to go to him too. Right. But the thing is, if, if Strevler's going to do that, his price isn't going to go down that much. No, it's not. It's probably going to stay where it was. And I, right, I think yeah. as a Ryder fan... I have to give props to the Bombers and Paul Lapolis here for the way they use the two quarterbacks. It it's almost like, like they know what they're doing. <laughs> they did it the right way. They they kept the Lions completely off balance, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every like I, I got home, turned it on. It was a runaway once I was once I was home, and so I started hanging pictures, and I would just glance at the TV, and every time I glanced over, it the score got worse. Yeah. And I was like, what? So I'm going one for three this week. Great. Like, <laughs> I, th- this week was weird. Like, it, and it was it a was crazy an, week, man. It was another game where a team dominated, but the team that dominated actually won this one. Yeah, what's the, that's weird. <laughs> so it's, it's, it, that, this game is the outlier this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for the Lions, man. Ooh, Chris Jonathan Rainey. Jennings, 15 of 24, 105, mm-hmm. two interceptions. Do you see the Lions moving on from Jonathan Jennings as their franchise quarterback at the end of the season? I made this a poll on our Twitter account. Mm-hmm. It was 60-40 in favor of the Lions moving on from John Jennings. Uh, of course, it's going to be 100% Ed Hervey's team at the end of the season. Wally is going to ride off into the sunset. And Jennings is a free agent anyway because basically everybody's a free agent after this season. Is he even going to bother bringing back Jennings? That If it keeps going like this, I don't see how you can. I guess it is early in the season, but, but, but this, we this have is, not seen... But this is a seen... carryover from last year now. I, exactly. We have not seen Jennings from two years ago at all. No. I think 
I think the book's out on him. I think teams have figured out what they need to do to shut him down. And, you know, they're doing that. Like, do you know what he had for fantasy points last night? 0.8. Oh. Like, no touchdowns. Oh, no. Three yards on 2K. If you started him, you did not have a good week. No. <laughs> There's no way you won any money. Like, it, it, it's not good uh, for Jennings mm. right now. It, it 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 hasn't been the rebound that we thought it, that we were hoping for. Um, you know his first game. I mean, it wasn't the greatest. Hundred, he only had 183 passing yards, two t- two touchdowns, 57 rushing yards. That was against Montreal. Montreal's early in the year wasn't like their first couple games. They got exploited, and now you know he's playing better teams with stellar defenses, and he's not getting the job done. If you took the bomber defense, you were happy, and you were excited about taking Chris Rainey. Yeah, uh, I really thought that it was going to screw me, and it turned out that the Manny show was the one that screwed me with only 3.2 points. But Chris Rainey, 24 yards on three catches, 10 yards on four carries, 269 return yards in this one. (laughs) 17.2 points. Yeah, all those touchdowns for uh, Winnipeg helped him out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Once I saw the score, I'm like, well, Rainey's going to be putting up some numbers now. So Brian Burnham was the Lions' leading receiver, mm-hmm. 58 yards. Manny show had 12 yards. But uh, earlier in the year, we talked about how Manny is a slow starter. We'll we'll see if he gets going later in the year. But if, 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 if Travis Lule is healthy for the rematch between the Bombers and the Lions, is he going to be their starting quarterback? I think I, I think they have to seriously look at it. I really do because if you dig yourself a hole in this Western Division, you're not getting out of it, and they need to turn this around before it gets way worse. Yeah, I'm a Jennings fan, and I I thought I was a believer, but I, it might be time to just cut bait and get mm-hmm. away from that. It, it seemed like teams like Calgary and BC always had a quarterback in waiting. Now it kind of seems like neither team does. Um, so there is nobody there. Uh, Lule is there, but yeah, it is a risk going with him considering his injury history. As for Winnipeg, Adarius Bowman, two targets, no catches. What's he going to get done this season? Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't look good. Uh, he has 70 receiving yards in four games wow worse than ernest jackson yep he's averaging 17 and a half yards a game because he's had two games with no catches he has eight receptions on the year he needs to figure this out because it, it's a gaping hole in the offense not that they've needed it but it's it hasn't been good yeah it, it seems like when the bombers succeed and much like i guess the last few years it's when the defense is Forcing turnovers, and that's exactly what they did mm-hmm. this week, too. So that's, that's got to run out at some point, right? Well, I don't know. This is, this is year four. Two and a half years. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand how they keep doing that. Damn it, Richie Hall. <laughs> Jennings throws a pick. Fajardo throws a pick. So, <laughs> oh, Cody Fajardo, the lone bright spot for the BC uh, quarterback situation, 7.8 points last night. Wow. Yeah. That's because of the rushing touchdown. If he doesn't have that, mm-hmm. it's another ugly one. Yeah, they got 8.6 from their quarterbacks. 
And uh, both the Lions and uh, Bombers and the Eskies and Argos were not really seeing eye-to-eye at the end of those games, so it's going to be nice to see those teams get right back into it this week. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love back-to-back matchups. That's why I love Labor Day and the rematch so much because yeah. you, you get that hatred. It's like playoff hockey. You play a team enough times, you, you literally start to hate the guy you line up against, and it just makes it so much better. How was your fantasy week, Ty? I actually broke 100 this week. Wow, and and you had Manny on your team. I was pleasantly surprised. I was really worried early on. Uh, I got 104.2. I had Harris, James Wilder. They both had over 20 points. Duke Williams got me 20.5. Terrence Tolliver only got 10. So, I mean, that was a little iffy. Uh, Chris Ring, like we said, 17.2. Arsenal at 3.2. That was terrible. And I had the Red Blacks defense. Those late points really sewered me there. I only got four out of them. Yeah, my I had 142.6 this week. Harris, Harris, Thigpen, Banks, Williams, Sinopoli, and the Red Blacks defense. So I'm happy with the performance this week. Brazilian Ty, you're back on the road, so you won't be able to uh, enjoy that home toilet advantage. Home toilet advantage. I like it. <laughs> I'm only on the road for 10 more days, and then it's wedding time. Maybe home toilet advantage is the title. I like it. I like it. (laughs) I like it. Oh, uh, before we go, you could have started all of the top performing players. And fit them in your salary. For each position and still have $296 left over. If you would have the started perfect Tre- lineup. If if you would have started Trevor Harris, James Wilder Jr., Andrew Harris, Sinopoli, Duke Williams, Marcus Sigpen, and the Winnipeg D, it would have cost you thirty nine thousand seven hundred four dollars. If only I had a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. If only. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, I guess I'll talk to you Thursday. Uh, give two and out a rating, a subscription on iTunes. We're on Spotify, Google Play. Tune in all over the entire internet. So we'll talk to you Thursday. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.